Shalom and welcome to Think Jewish. Moses instituted that there should never be three consecutive days in which the Torah is not publicly read from. Therefore, Moses established that the Torah scroll be taken out and read on Shabbat, Monday, and Thursday. Later on, in history, Ezra the scribe added on another reading for Shabbat by the afternoon services and established that the Torah should always have at least three readings made up of a total of at least ten verses. The Shabbat Torah reading cycle, as it was most widely accepted, is set up to finish the entire five books of Moses annually, finishing with the Simchat Torah holiday celebration and beginning again on the following Shabbat. There was a time in our history when the Jewish people were in exile that under the penalty of death the Jewish people were forbidden to do any public readings of the five books of Moses. The sages instituted that portions from the books of prophets and scriptures be read in place of the weekly Torah portions. They carefully chose portions that carried the theme of what would have been the Torah portion of that Shabbat. For example, on the week that the Torah portion would have been about the Jewish people building their tabernacle in the desert, they would read the portion of King Solomon building the Holy Temple in Jerusalem from the Books of Prophets. When the Jewish people were freed from the prohibition of public Torah readings, they continued to read the portions from the Books of Prophets in addition to the weekly Torah portion. The portion from the Books of Prophets is known as the Haftorah. Many commentaries look for a general connection between the theme of the Torah portion and its Haftorah. However, in the teachings of Hasidus, and specifically in the teachings of the Rebbe, there lies deep perfection in the connection between the Torah reading and its Haftorah. Such a teaching of the deeper dimension of the connection between the Torah portion and its Haftorah dominated the Rebbe's Mimer, Hasidic Discourse, of this week in 1965. The Torah portion begins with Judah approaching Joseph. And Judah says, Please, my Lord, let now your servant speak something into my Lord's ears. End quote. At the end of last week's Torah portion, Joseph, the viceroy of Egypt, unrecognized by his brothers, had planted his personal goblet within the backpack of Benjamin. And later he accused Benjamin of stealing it from him. Judah, who took personal responsibility to Jacob for Benjamin's safe return, is now approaching Joseph asking to take the place of Benjamin and for Benjamin to be allowed to return home to their father Jacob. 
carrying on this theme of Judah approaching Joseph, which led to the reuniting of the brothers and the entire family of Jacob, the sages selected for the half Torah a portion from the book of Ezekiel, in which Ezekiel prophesizes about the times of Mashiach. Quote, and the word of the Lord came to me, saying, And you, son of man, take for yourself one stick and write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel his companions. And take one stick and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and all the house of Israel his companions. And bring them close, one to another, into one stick, and they shall be one in your hand. End quote. The connection between the Torah portion and its Torah seems to be crystal clear. However, there is a deep difference between the two. In the Torah portion, Joseph is the king and Judah comes to him as his servant. In the Haftorah, however, Ezekiel goes on to say, quote, And my servant David shall be king over them, and one shepherd shall be for them all, etc. And my servant David shall be their prince forever, end quote. David is from the tribe of Judah. So who is higher than whom? Judah or Joseph? The question gets even stronger. Our, our sages say that Judah represents the Amidah prayer, while Joseph represents the blessings of redemption. They therefore extrapolate from here to, quote, bring close redemption to prayer, end quote. This refers to the law concerning the morning prayers, in which we may not speak out in between the blessings of redemption and the prayer of the Amida. We do not even answer Amen when the cantor finishes the blessing of redemption out loud, so as not to make any separation at all between the blessing of redemption and the Amida prayer. However, look back at the wording of our sages, quote, bring close redemption to prayer, end quote. So prayer is in its place, and we are bringing close the redemption to the prayer. This means that Joseph, redemption, is approaching Judah, prayer. While this is a question on what the sages are extrapolating from the verse and Judah approached him to Joseph, nevertheless, it also gives us deep insight to the perfect connection between the Torah portion and its Torah that Judah stands higher than Joseph and Joseph is approaching Judah. Nevertheless, we do need to have a clear understanding of the relationship between Judah and Joseph. Is Joseph higher and Judah is approaching Joseph? Or is Judah higher and Joseph is approaching Judah? Then comes along a third teaching upon the verse, and Judah, uh, Judah approached him, with a third opinion upon who is higher than whom. If you look at those words in the Hebrew text, which are, quote, Vayigash elav Yehuda. The last three letters of these 
three words. Spell out the Hebrew word Shaveh, which means equal. Joseph and Judah are equal. So now we have all three opinions on the verse. The simple reading is that Joseph is the king and Judah his servant. Joseph is higher. The legal extrapolation concerning the Amida prayer and the blessing of redemption has Judah higher than Joseph and Joseph being brought to Judah. And the last three letters of the words of the verse have Judah and Joseph equal. In the Talmud, we approach contradictory opinions with only opinion, one opinion being validated as the law. To understand how Kabbalah and Hasidis approach Torah's contradictory opinions, I want to tell you a story. Once, the wife of the rabbi witnessed how Jacob came into the rabbi telling the rabbi all about his dispute with Abraham. And the rabbi told Jacob, that Jacob was right. Not ten minutes passed by when Abraham comes into the rabbi and tells the rabbi about his version of the dispute between him and Jacob. The rabbi tells Abraham that Abraham is in the right. After Abraham leaves the house, the rabbi's wife turns to the rabbi and asks, how could both Jacob and Abraham be right? You told them each that they are each right. The rabbi looks at his wife and says, You are right. In the mystical teachings of Kabbalah and Hasidus, we see the inner spiritual dimension of the Torah as it integrates its truth within all the different branches of the menorah of souls. The seven branches of the menorah of souls contain within it all the spiritual emotions from kindness to justice and their entire offshoot. Thus, while from the Talmudic legal perspective only one opinion is validated and set as the law, on the spiritual level each opinion is true and carries within it a spiritual service to God. So too it is with our discussion of Judah and Joseph. All three opinions are true, and each carry within itself a spiritual service to God. Let us explore this. Let us first see this from its spiritual perspective within the ten emanations, which the ten faculties of our soul reflect. The seven emotions divide into the six predatory male emotions, and the feminine mystique of kingship. In the human soul, these are defined as the experience of emotions, the six male emotions, and the expression of thought, speech, and action, kingship. These two categories represent themselves also as the sun and the moon. The moon comes toward the sun and asks for the sun's light to be reflected through the moon. Thus, Judah, the moon, kingship, is the recipient from Joseph, the sun, the six male emotions. However, in the final analysis, when Mashiach comes, we will see that kingship is connected with the supernal crown and stands greater than the six male emotions. Therefore, in the prophecy of Ezekiel, 
the Haftorah portion, which speaks of the times of redemption, we read of King David from Judah being the ultimate leader. However, throughout the darkness of exile, kingship, our expression of Torah and mitzvot through our thoughts, speech, and action, are recipients driven and empowered by our emotion. Thus the Torah portion, verse, speaks of Judah coming to Joseph and asking that Joseph shine into Judah. How then do we go from Judah being the recipient of Joseph to Judah being the ultimate provider to Joseph? The answer lies in Judah's humbleness to approach Joseph and to humbly open himself up to be the recipient of Joseph. This then makes Judah equal to Joseph as Joseph shines his countenance into Judah, through which Judah then connects to his deeper potential, his deeper connection with the supernal crown. Thus, the three opinions of Judah and Joseph are actually three stages of Judah's development. Now, let us look how Judah and Joseph express themselves in our daily service to God. Judah, as we said previously, represents prayer, while Joseph represents Torah study. The primary difference between prayer and Torah study is the direction in which they flow. Torah study flows from above to below. Torah study is the Word of God flowing down into the human mind, while prayer flows from the human heart up to God. On the spiritual level of divinity, these two flows define the description of the infinite light. The infinite light is described as, and I quote, above until no end, below until no termination, end quote. The flow of prayer goes up until no end. This means that prayers go up beyond the infinite light into the essence source. This is why even when the ruling of Torah, which is the definition of the infinite light, rules, God forbid, some form of suffering, be it poverty or ailment, prayer travels above the definition of the infinite light into the essence source, which can overrule and redefine the verdict, granting the person who is praying his health and wealth. Torah study is the flow of, quote, below to no termination, end quote. Torah study is God's infinite wisdom and will, God's infinite light, clothing itself within the finite human intellect. This power of the infinite wisdom of God expressing itself within the finite capacity of human intellect is the infinite expression of the infinite light's power to descend below until no termination. Before we dive into the depths of these two flows of the infinite light through Torah study and prayer, 
I want to introduce something rather complex about prayer. The mystical teachings define Judah's approaching Joseph as the introductory verse to the Amida prayer. Right in between the blessing of redemption and the Amida, we say the verse, quote, O Lord, you shall open my lips, and my mouth will recite your praise, end quote. This is so contrary to everything that prayer stands for. Prayer is all about me saying to God from the depth of my heart, my words. Why then are we asking for God to have me recite, quote, your praise, end quote. The secret here is that Judah, prayer, is asking of Joseph, Torah study, to influence him that prayer be also the Torah study flow of divinity expressing itself and clothing itself within the prayer flow into the essence source. Hmm. To understand this, let us begin a clear and comprehensive understanding of the two different services we offer daily to God, prayer and Torah study and their perspective flows. In prayer, the flow of, quote, above to no end, end quote, defines itself in every aspect of the prayer. Let us see. A. As mentioned earlier, prayer is our words, from the depths of our heart, that we speak to God. B. The entire power of prayer and what gets the prayer answered is humility and total abnegation of the ego. This is the intention of prayer. When we speak of the importance of praying with intention, our sages define this intention as simply, quote, greatness of creator and lowliness of creation. That is the meditation of the intention. The lowliness of creation only defines itself in the ego of the creation. Other than the arrogance and lowliness of ego, the creation is a beautiful creation of God. The fulfillment of prayer, which is to be physically granted what we pray for, depends solely on the level of intention of the person in his prayer. The greater the humbleness and abnegation of ego, the more the prayer is granted. Thus, the soul and intention of prayer is all about the below leaving the below, the arrogance and coarseness of self-ego, and flowing up to the identity of, quote, above to no end, end quote. See a third thing about prayer. Even deeper yet, we speak to God of our nether physical needs. This is what the commandment of prayer is all about, to ask God for our physical needs. The power of drawing down from above physical change is only by going beyond the spiritual infinite light of defined will into the essence source. The essence source is the master of the will and can give forth a new will. Thus prayer 
is truly all about going above to no end and to bring that above the essence source as it is above no end of the infinite light and to experience that above in, in its physical implication of a physical change here. We will soon explain better point C. Let us first go to Torah study. In Torah study, the flow below to no termination defines itself in every aspect of the Torah study. Let us see. A. As mentioned earlier, Torah study is the words of God that descend and clothe themselves into our mind. B. In Torah study, we do not negate the power of a mind. Quite the contrary, we engage the human mind with its limited form of human intelligence to understand the wisdom of God as we below perceive intellect. C. Even deeper yet is that the intellect part of Torah study diminishes as it descends. The human as a soul and a body within the physical world does not understand what the soul in paradise understands of the Torah once it leaves the body in the physical world. Thus the deepest meaning of quote below to no termination end quote cannot apply to the intellectual understanding of the Torah which diminishes as it descends. Rather it applies to what King Solomon speaks of when he speaks of the glory of the Torah, quote, I was beside him, etc., and I was his delight every day, playing before him at all times. Thus, King Solomon refers to Torah not just as the infinite wisdom and infinite will of God, but rather as the infinite delight. God's delight is the core of the infinite light and it is equal on every level of the Torah's descent down into the below. Even the human mind's finite understanding of the Torah contains within it the core delight of the infinite light. Thus the below to no termination is speaking of the core of the infinite light as it is truly infinite descending and clothing itself into the finite human mind. Once again, we will soon explain and elaborate point C. Let us first understand the essence difference of prayer and Torah study. I want to now reread the third aspect of prayer and of Torah study again so that we can fully understand the essence difference between Torah study and prayer, between Joseph and Judah, of prayer. I, I am repeating point C. Even deeper yet, we speak to God of our nether physical needs. This is what the commandment of prayer is all about, to ask God for our physical needs. The power of drawing it down from above, up there in the spiritual, drawing down from there a physical change is only by going beyond the spiritual infinite light of the defined will. The spiritual infinite light does not cause physical change. 
beyond the defined will. It is the essence source, which is the master of the will, and can give forth a new will. Thus prayer is truly all about going above the no end, beyond the infinite light, and to bring that above the essence source, as it is the essence source in its full glory, and to experience that above in its physical implication of the physical change here. So, we're seeing that the above to no end is about experiencing the essence source, the power of physical change down here. Even deeper yet, concerning Torah study, is that the intellect part of Torah study diminishes as it descends, as it descends. The human as a soul in a body within the physical world does not understand what the soul in paradise understands of the Torah once it leaves the body in the physical world. So when we talk about the understanding of the Torah, it isn't brought down here as it is up there. It diminishes. Thus, the meaning of below to no termination cannot apply to the intellectual understanding of the Torah, which diminishes as it descends. Rather, it applies to what King Solomon speaks of when he speaks of the glory of the Torah. Quote, I was beside him, and I was his delight every day, playing before him at all times, end quote. When we talk about below to no termination, we're talking about God's delight. That is the core of the infinite light. And that is what we're bringing down here when we say below to no termination. For when the human mind studies the Torah, no matter what level of intellect he has, he is experiencing the core of the infinite light, the delight of God. What you are hearing here is that the power of prayer is that it takes us to above the infinite light into the essence source. Mm. However, the vice of prayer is that what we experience down here below is only the physical change and not the essence source presence of God. We only see physically the prayers being answered and the person being healed. What we don't see is the hand of God. Let me tell you a story. Once a person was running late for his appointment, and as he pulled into the parking lot, he began praying to God that he find a parking place quickly. Lo and behold, right there in front of him, another person pulls out of a parking place, clearing the place for our friend. Suddenly, our friend stops praying and tells God, Never mind. I found one. This is the power and the vice of prayer. You can pray to God for a physical parking place and get your prayer physically answered. However, we do not experience God's hand in the process. And we can tell God, never mind, I found the parking space. In Torah study, the power is that it is clearly the wisdom of God 
and we can feel the divinity and the holiness of God's wisdom and will in our Torah study. Even greater yet, we can experience the core delight of the infinite light expressed in the Torah. However, it is only the infinite light as it is expressed in a specific form of God's wisdom and God's will. And thus, we cannot draw a new will which isn't already stated in the Torah. And thus, through Torah study, we cannot create a physical change that goes against the cause and effect rules of the Torah. So here you have it, my friends. We have the power of prayer is that it reaches into the essence source, which can override the rulings of cause and effect and create physical change. However, in the physical change, we do not see or feel the presence of God. Now in Torah study, we do feel the holiness and divinity of the delight, the wisdom and the will of God. However, it's only the infinite light and not the master of the will. And thus we cannot use Torah study to be able to change and create a new will which runs against the cause and effect rules of the Torah. Each have their power and each have their vice. Now we can understand why Judah is the recipient of Joseph. Asking Joseph to shine Joseph's light into Judah. We also understand how this expresses itself in the introductory verse to the prayer. O Lord, you shall open my lips and my mouth will recite your praise. Judah is asking that he be able to experience the presence of God in the answer to his prayer. The Jew doesn't pray just for the physical change. Prayer is about a relationship with God in which we clearly experience God within the physical change of our prayer being granted. When this is granted and prayer how now has both powers of prayer and of Torah study. Prayer has A. It's above the infinite light into the essence source. B. The power to create a physical change which runs even against the ruling of the cause and effect of Torah. And C. To experience the presence of God in the physical change. Then prayer becomes greater than Torah study. In closing, Prayer of this sort is a paradox. Prayer is all about turning to God as the sole provider of our needs. And nevertheless, prayer is about being selfless. Prayer is all about having my needs met. And yet, it is truly all about having a relationship with God and feeling God's presence in my daily physical life. Prayer is a paradox. To experience this paradox of prayer, we must take life to a deeper level. The prayer paradigm of life is that I exist to serve God and in order to serve God best, I need to be healthy, happy and to afford the necessities of life with peace of mind so that I can be of service to God and to all of God's creations.
This is who Judah is. This is what prayer is. And this is what life is truly all about. And thus, Judah, prayer, approaches Joseph, selflessness, being able to experience the presence of God whenever he prays for his physical needs.